Welcome to Just One More Story, a weekly podcast featuring unique and interesting stories that are inspired by true and personal events. Some are thinking, why should I listen to this podcast? Well, to be perfectly honest, who better to tell a story than the person that wrote it? And in this case, that writer is me, your host, George Walters. With that, let's get started. Hello everyone, and thanks for joining me today. Today I have another great story lined up for you. It's about a young fellow driven by the unknown to seek out new experiences in hopes that he might be exposed to something new that would help him develop his own sense of purpose, or at the very least a direction of what road he should take in life. It's a true story that took place back in the 60s and 70s. I hope you enjoy Changes in Life. For a good number of years, I have written a lot of stories about my early days on the farm, along with others. I have to tell you, at the time, I didn't think I was much different from any other teenager. For a while there, as with most young boys, the urge to explore things, or as some would say, sow your oats, was high up on the list of things to do. For those that might not understand what them three words mean, I will enlighten you a wee bit. Sowing your oats to me meant that generally the person in question was doing things that they normally wouldn't, and usually what they did do didn't amount to much. Anyways, after leaving Reg and Laura, the folks that adopted me, I did go back to live with my dad, but it wasn't to be. I won't get into that part of my life now, but let's just say things didn't work out. I suspect that being away a lot of years had a lot to do with it. Being a teenager, though, wasn't the easiest, as I never had a permanent home. I kind of went and lived wherever I wanted to, there for a while. A car sitting in an old gas station sometimes fit the bill just fine when it came time for sleeping. But homeless for me wasn't living on the streets all the time, at least not in the beginning. Most years I was moving around from home to home, where my dad figured I would be happy. The challenge was trying to fit in with different people, and for some reason in most cases, other than Reg and Laura's home, I couldn't get along with any of them. I think of us, the hardest part was not having anyone to talk to about different things. Then came food, as it seemed I was always hungry. Reason being, I never had enough money for a while to buy something to eat. But I did get by on handouts from restaurants and The odd friend I made along the way helped out when they could. The last thing that bothered me a lot was the cold. I was always cold, even in the summer. It's different today, but sometimes when I look back, I still get shivers up and down my spine. Anyways, one place I visited from time to time was Guelph, Ontario, as that was where my mother lived. I didn't get to see her much throughout my life. She left when I was young and made a life of her own, taking with her three of my sisters. I was left with my dad and one sister, which started me on the road of many journeys. In Guelph, I got to know about the city way of living, and I have to say it was quite an experience, to say the least, especially after growing up on a farm for a good number of years. Actually, at that time in life, I had never seen a city of that size, and kind of mesmerized me. For a time, I couldn't get enough of the city life. Everything was new to me, and there were so many folks to get to know. 
Some good, and yes, some not so good. But that is the way the world was, and in most parts still is. A spinship can be tricky from time to time. The first thing that I noticed real quick was girls. Yep, girls. They were everywhere, all shapes and sizes. I couldn't believe it. Back on the farm, I only had two that lived close by, and I didn't get to see them much other than at school, and they mostly hung around with their girlfriends, ignoring us young fellows. But how I got to meet these girls, I have to introduce you to a friend of mine. Since last names aren't important in my stories, well, they are important, but sometimes things are best left out. Let's call him Davis. Davis was an extraordinary fellow in my eyes back then. I met him at a soda shop in downtown Guelph one afternoon. He was a rough sort of guy, and after getting to know him, I found he wasn't afraid of anyone or anything. We kind of hit it right off. It all started with me sitting, minding my own business, enjoying the scenery, when two troublemakers, you might say, sat down beside me, one on each side. I was sitting at a bar, enjoying a Coke, one of my favorite drinks at the time. I was a touch young for the stronger stuff. So, I see we have a newcomer, Jack, said one of them. Yep, looks that way. I wonder if he had an invitation to sit here at our bar. I don't know, Jack. Maybe we should ask him. Well, Sonny, do you have an invitation to sit here where you're sitting? Well, no, I didn't think you needed one. I guess I could sit over at the table over there. With that, I got up and walked over and was about to sit down when I heard them say again, Well, sir, you see, we got another problem here. That their table is ours, too. I can't remember inviting you to sit there neither. Right there and then, I knew I was in trouble, and these two fellows were out to cause me some pain. Now, don't get me wrong, I had my share of fights in my day, and I could hold up my end of things on even terms, but these two fellows had me worried a bit, as they outweighed me about a hundred pounds or so. Well, tell you what, I said, I got some business elsewhere here in town, so I'll be on my way. With that, I moved toward the door, and as I did, I felt a hand on my shoulder pulling me off balance a bit. When I regained my footing, the biggest of the two pushed me up against the wall, and I noticed the other one heading toward me, not looking very happy, although he did have a smirk on his face. However, just as I was getting myself into a fighting mode, a strange thing happened. Another fellow sitting by himself over near the jukebox looked up and said, Jack, I think it's best you leave that fellow alone. What's he to you, Davis? What's he to me? Well, nothing really, but let's just say I don't like the odds that's against him. I've always been a supporter of the underdog, you know that. And from what I see, he hasn't done anything wrong. So if I might make a suggestion... I think the both of you should go about your business and leave him alone. Well, to my amazement, nothing more was said. Both of them fellows just looked at each other, grabbed their coats, and left. From that day forward, them two never bothered me again. Not sure why Davis did what he did, but we got to know each other and over time became good friends. I think what brought us closer together, though, was... Me, with me living in the country with no real parents, and him living in the city and not having a father to look after him, other than his grandfather, we both had something in common. Anyways, 
After we got to know each other for a spell, I found out that Davis belonged to a motorcycle club called Satan's Choice. I, at that time in life, wanted nothing more than to have some friends, and right there and then, I figured joining this club would be a great way to get a few. Problems arose, though, as the requirement to join the club, you had to own a bike, and I didn't have one. But, as anything in life, if you want something bad enough, there usually is a way to get it. I won't elaborate on how I got the money, other than it was all in the up and up, for most parts. Anyways, after a bit of haggling with a feller that had one for sale, I did manage to come up with a bike. It was a 953 Aerial Red Hunter Classic. It was a great bike, and to this day I haven't seen a nicer one other than uh, Harley-Davidson. Although, to be honest with you, myself here, there are a few Harleys I don't like the looks of, but not many. The condition of the bike when joining the club wasn't mandatory, which was a good thing, as mine when purchasing it was in three bushel baskets. It took me and Davis almost a month to put it back together, but when all said and done, well, let's just say she was a beauty. I know, what was my thinking in joining a group that was called Satan's Choice? Well, let me enlighten you a wee bit. Satan's Choice at that time was a Canadian outlaw motorcycle club that was once the largest club in Ontario, and was at, it was at its peak of power in 1977. The group, the group regulated itself somewhat differently from most motorcycle clubs, not wanting to be nothing else, but left alone in their own domain, so to speak. As the group grew, some members, after being harassed by the powers to be at that time, didn't take to those that were telling them what to do and how to run their life. You could say certain people were cramping their style. That is where problems started to take place. I still say, if left alone and not forced to do things, a group could have become the largest nonviolent group in the country. But as everything, things change, times changes, and, well, it was to be no more, at least for me, as I felt it would be best to cut my ties with the club, as, as others did. Do I have a motorcycle today? Nope, do not. Would I like one? No, not really. Do I enjoy taking in them bike events? Definitely. I go out of my way seeking them out from time to time. What draws me? Well, I would have to say the power and beauty of custom motorcycles can be found in no other vehicle. The lines, colors, and shapes on, say, the Harley-Davidson to me brings on stories waiting to be told. The power they give off shows on the folks that ride them, with their leather jackets right down to their long black boots. Their real home, though, is on the open highway where freedom reigns, and if allowed, takes the rider to unedited places in time, drawing on strength of what is to come. I would have to say back then that a good-looking Harley could turn my head about the same as a good-looking girl. I think it has something to do with the curves. So, yes, I did do some wild things in my younger days. A new lifestyle was formed, and on top of that, I made some fantastic friends there for a spell. With Davis, you could say, we were both loners, without parents, one from the country and one from the city, brought together by, well, I guess you could call it fate. Over the year, a period of a year or so, we were always found together. We traveled roads and visited small towns that struck our interest, and 
Till we parted, our companionship was anything but dull. Do I miss them days? Hmm, somewhat. That's it for today, folks. But before I go, I would like to mention that all my stories are also available in books. We have seven books to choose from, and each book has over 50 short stories. The titles of the books are One More Story, Moments in Time, Paths We Choose, Times Changing, Keep Turning Pages, Join Me in the Garden, and Nature's Gateway to Health. All of our books are available on Amazon.ca or Amazon.com in ebooks or paperback. If you would like more information regarding my books or podcasts, you can email me at any time at stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll say that one more time. Stories at keepingnotes.com. I'll get back to you. You can also listen to my podcasts on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, CastBox, The Walters Post, and Google Home. Just say, hey Google, play Just One More Story by George Walters. And if you enjoy my podcast, share them with others or tell a friend. In doing so, it will help me make more podcasts for all to enjoy. And finally, I would like to thank you all for listening. And don't forget to tune in every Friday for a new episode of Just One More Story by George Walters. <laughs>